Welcome to Ideas Are Bulletproof, a production of the Press Pause Network. good to be back it's always good to be back what a lovely evening we're having as well it is um there's gonna be some clapping going on i guess i've heard this i actually missed this until chris told me that there's a what is it a covid clap a year clap a celebration of enslavement for a full year wow i didn't really see it like that but what's what's the official what is the official propaganda that we're meant to believe this one is it are we? Is it clapping for the vaccine? Is it clapping for where we? What's the What's the story? Um, I think it's more. I think. Well, I think earlier on today they were clapping for the lives lost, um, and that was. I think that was around about twelve. Um, I missed that one, and now you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. And I changed the channel, Good. so I missed it. Good choice. Um, and then, um, obviously, it's not good that people have lost their lives, but you know, the propaganda tool. Of course, people don't realise what they're clapping. They they believe. Obviously, when you believe what is being presented to you, it feels very altruistic. And you're like, well, I'm 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 honouring all those people that have been lost to covid without realizing that hey they haven't been lost to covid you know they've they've been lost to heart attacks and cancer and diabetes and strokes and influenza and Mal- god, malpractice malpractice suicide and god knows how many other comorbidities um i mean i wouldn't mind if they were actually truthful with it and said it's a clap to honor all those who died within 60 days of a positive test because that's actually what it is and that's still Whenever you of see anything of anything of anything at all, and whenever you hear or whenever you see the BBC or you see any news channel talk about the deaths, and they say, "Oh, today we've lost five thousand people, or however many thousands of people to coronavirus," you'll see just underneath it, it will say, "Within twenty-eight days of a positive test, or within sixty days of a positive test." You know, I just realised they did that um, the other day because obviously I don't watch the news, so I don't know how long they've been doing that for, but I did watch it the other day and I saw it and I recorded it actually yep. and I was like oh okay they're putting it on there now that because they should have been doing this last year when they were saying 400 and 700 and now it's a thousand and now it's you know it daily I think there was selective of it because I have something from screenshots from the BBC probably about six or seven months ago where they said, oh, 1,000 odd people today, and it said within 28 days of a positive test. Oh, it that, did that, so. That'd be this this week. And then underneath it would be, so far, you know, 80,000, however many it was at the time, arbitrary yeah. number, uh, within 28 days of a positive test. So they use that disclaimer. So it kind of covers it. And again, they're not being... This is what people often don't understand, is that... They are very clever in that they don't. Oftentimes, they don't outwardly lie to your. They don't. They don't 
lie in the essence that they said these people all died of coronavirus. They're not recommending that because, again, if anything ever happens, if there's any inquiry, inquiry and there will be, if there's any legal action to take place, more so on the, the, the government side of things, not against the vaccine manufacturers because we know they have complete legal indemnity for any of that, they can say, well, we didn't say 1,000 people this week died from coronavirus. We said 1,000 people died within 28 days of a positive coronavirus test. And they leave the insinuation to you to piece together that bit of information so they they cover themselves quite well and again if you don't really if you can't read between the lines as they're making it increasingly impossible to do you're not going to pick up on that you're just going to see covid deaths um it's like so many of these articles we're seeing about the immunity passports where the headline is you know no jab no job no jab no flight you know take the vaccine or no holidays and you read all this stuff about it, and right down the bottom of the article, also unless a positive or negative test. You know, they don't want you to see that you could also not have the vaccine and still fly, depending on, on if you take a test, if you don't take a test, things like that. They just want you to read, if you don't take the jab, you won't have a job. Because, as I've mentioned before, 70% of people just read the headline of an article. And out of that 70%, 60% of those people will then share that article on some form of social media without ever having read the article themselves. So again, if you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter, and you see people uploading articles, 60% of the time those people factually have not read the contents of that article. They've just shared it purely based on the headline. Um, and isn't that really the... The, the problem these days is that no one wants to read anymore. Nobody wants to read. I think uh, it's mad how propaganda works. Absolutely mad. But it works. That's the problem. It does work. It, and they've postured it so well this time that they have gone the route of it's not about saving yourself. Don't worry about yourself so much. You know, yeah, get your vaccine, but get your vaccine for other people. Wear your mask for other people. It's all about other people and obviously a a, a consequence of that is that if you don't follow the actions it's not that you're only not caring about yourself because really there wouldn't be an argument for that because thousands of people smoke and thousands of people drink and take drugs and eat junk food and do all this kind of stuff do stuff that's bad for them and no one bats an eyelid about any of that because they're harming themselves but when they change the dialectic to you're harming everyone else by not wearing your mask all of a sudden, everyone feels this sense of vitriolic rage that they have the right to, to, to come to you and be like, how dare you endanger me and endanger my kids and kill granny and stuff like that. And that's been the riding on the whole pandemic, hasn't it? Even since uh, the, 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 the landmark Denmark study from several months ago that, that tested the biggest study on mask wearing in the history said that masks offer zero benefit whatsoever to you they don't they don't protect you they do nothing for you which is something that we said very very early on and a lot of people did as well i i I find it curious how it takes a a full-blown you know 10,000 20,000 person study on an epidemic epidemic i can't even say the word i know what i want to say 
epidemic. That's well, epidemiological. Oh, That's what I wanted. Sorry, sorry. But trying to check <laughs> it out. Anyway, it takes a study of that size and that scope to tell people that the mask they bought from Poundland might not be the most equipped protective gear to stop a pandemic, you know, to stop that. But anyway, they rolled that out and said they, they, they don't do anything. In fact, they actually increase your viral load and they can make you more infectious. You know, who would thought having a, a damp, wet rag that goes into your pocket, out of your pocket, into your pocket, out of your pocket, into your glove box, back into your pocket, on your face, these kinds of things that has, you know, how many people change their masks every time, every day, they don't, um, would make you more infectious. And, of course, the, the media jumped straight on it and they said, oh, well, it's, it's not just about you. It's about you protecting everyone else. And what if you cough into that mask? Those droplets won't go anywhere. And again, what the media didn't look at is that when you cough onto your mask, yeah, sure, it might catch you some droplets, but those droplets then sit on the mask. And as has already been proven, they become vaporized, they become aerosol as you breathe on them. And then they spread exactly the same way as they always would. Um, but you didn't hear that bit because, again, that's not something that you're meant to hear. And uh, the, the, I, I think people forget that very, very early on, it was Ofcom for the UK who said that we, unless it goes exactly with what the World Health Organization says about what's going on, it's not going on TV and it's not going on radio. Uh, and obviously social media, you go, well, there's one last bastion for some good information then with social media. But then Google and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Silicon Valley as a collective come out and said, we will be taking down, quote unquote, COVID mis- misinformation. And misinformation equated to anything that doesn't work with the World Health Organization, anything they don't say, we're going to block it. But it's so ironic now that the World Health Organization has said that lockdowns don't work and they don't advocate lockdowns and they also don't advocate vaccine passports. But we suddenly don't care what the World Health Organization has to say anymore about any of that. It's only when it's pro-agenda and not uh, not detracting from it. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's interesting, isn't it? I was um, had a refreshing moment earlier, actually. Um, I spoke to my older brother, Mark, um, who I, I don't see nearly often enough um, and, and sadly don't speak to nearly often enough either. And I remember the last time I, I spoke to him about everything that was going on, it was quite early days. It must have been probably a good six months ago, I would say. And at that time, it seemed that he was very much kind of on the fence and not sure. And there was that sense of, as there is with so many people when you talk to them, it doesn't matter how much reading you've done and how much research you've done and how you can present yourself. There's always that kind of sceptical, I'm not sure. And I don't resent that ever from anyone because not being funny, you have these people that are paid enormous sums of money, you know, Boris Johnson, Chris Whitty, Matt Hancock, going on the TV, and you're inclined to believe them over essentially Joe Bloggs, even if it is a family member. But they miss the notion that these people are on the payroll you know matt hancock has uh shares in vaccine companies bill gates obviously as we've said those are times the big almost the messiah in all of this of, of what's going on and how we're going to handle it has millions and billions of pounds in in the whole vaccine trade um has his own alliance in gavi um 
they've all got vested interests in these not these vaccines proliferating and existing and uh yeah it's um i mean they, they've far more reason to lie than i have um i think obviously anyone who speaks the way we do there there is no glory in it unfortunately there isn't a when you're right all that you achieve is effectively saving some people that would otherwise make a mistake but when you're not listened to which is most of the time you ostracize yourself and you separate yourself and you start to be looked at in a completely different light where people treat you differently because you're not conforming to the 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 status quo of things um I don't know that's certainly the place of my work. You know, there's so many times when there's a, a, a chap at my work today who's probably just a bit younger than me, I imagine. I think he's around 26, 27. And as I mentioned ages ago, they've texted him and told him it's time for his vaccine. And he's under 30 and he has no underlying health conditions whatsoever. And this, I, as I said podcast ago, this is really strange to me because the government's stated plan is we're going to start at the 80s, you know, the 90s, the 80s, 70s, 50s, 40s, 30s, and then we're going to go down, and it's going to go down that way in age groups. And we're not, according to the roadmap, we're not anywhere near where we should be for the under-40s to be vaccinated yet. We're not there. And yet I have had several instances of friends who are in their low 20s to early 30s and uh, around that age that are getting texts asking them to come into vaccines and again they're not vulnerable they don't have comorbidities they're not shielding there's no reason and that was one of the first things i asked is there a reason you got the text have you got any kind of medical history and they got nothing nothing at all perfect health never had historical um any health implications but they're starting to get around to younger people now yeah i know um, a couple of people uh, late 20s early 20s um, they've had phone calls from um, GPs asking them, um, are, are they ready to take the vaccine? Yeah. And then literally having an argument with them when, yeah. they, when they're declining. Do you know what I've read so much about that uh, it was circulating on Twitter earlier that the GPs are uh, working towards a script. Actually, there was a Katie Hopkins, if you look at her YouTube channel, she uploaded a video just recently, which is a NHS document that was leaked to her, but has since become available online and it can be downloaded in PDF form. But she has a video on it where she talks you through the document. And it's uh, it was probably accompanied by a slideshow back in the day, but it breaks down every age category and it tells you, and this was the NHS working with NHS behavioural speci- uh, specialists, and government behavioural specialists. So effectively, mass psychological think tanks that are designed to get behind people's heads and, and steer them into certain ways that the government and NHS seem deem beneficial. And the document said, this is how you speak to 70-year-olds. This is what they're going to say to you about why they don't want to get the vaccine. This is what you have to say to make them get the vaccine. And it went all the way down in, in terms of decades uh, and to the denominations of people and said, teenagers and younger people are going to say this. This is what you need to say. Um, and it says, with uh, with older people, it said you need to um, you need to apply the notion of it's a wartime uh, environment we're in. So if they're sort of above their 70s or in their 80s, you need to tell them, 
you know, oh, remember the times in the war when all the country had to come together, that blitz spirit. And they mentioned Captain Tom in there. And they said, use Captain Tom and try and inspire this kind of, uh, say it's a national push and use wartime language to encourage these people, give them something they can relate to, to encourage them to have the vaccine. And it said in younger age groups, again, in the teens and the 20s and things like that, use it as a kind of, uh, as a, you don't want to be left out of concerts. You, you know, you're, you're going to be filling college soon and you might want to go on a gap year and you might want to travel, but you might not be able to travel if you don't have the vaccine. Uh, there's all these, you know, what bands are you into? Um, you might not be able to see them if you don't do that. Think of all the events that you can't go to. You know, are you in a relationship? Oh, you, you know, you go clubbing, you meet someone. Oh, that's how I met my partner. Well, you might not be able to go into clubs if you don't have the vaccine. So there is an active, factual, psychological script in there. That's nasty. For, for sure. And again, hey, Katie Hopkins, she shows you all the sheets, she shows you the slides. But again, the PDF is now online that you can download. And um, as part of that script, it also tells you that when you're rung up, the people that ring you up from these GPs, it'd be, oh, you know, do, do, do you want to get the vaccine? They're going to say, uh, they're going to know your age group, obviously, by who they've got on the screen in front of them. So if you're 20s, they're going to say, oh, why, why don't you want to get the vaccine, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, ignore that. The, the, one of the funny things was, the really interesting things was, they said that they have effectively, uh, what would you call them? They've effectively offered the vaccine to the entire NHS staff now and all independent and on-the-roll clinicians. And only 40% of them have taken it up, around about 40%, mid-40% have actually had the vaccine, with the other 55-odd percent saying we're not getting the vaccine. And when they asked why they weren't getting the vaccine, the clinicians, and again, the doctors, virologists, scientists have said there's not enough long-term data and there's not enough safety and efficacy data for us to have it. And that's, that's factual. It's in the NHS document saying this is why they're refusing it. But when it came to convincing people, uh, not people, when it came to, uh, clinicians, healthcare workers, to take the vaccine, one of the tools that you had to use was to say that largely clinicians agree that this is safe and it's efficient to prevent in the virus. But you've also said previously in the document that 55%, over half, are refusing it because they're not saying it's safe and not saying it's efficient. And it also said in that same bit, that these healthcare individuals are going to need more personalised um, clinical data and safety evaluations. They're going to be they're going to need more than the average person would need to force them to get the vaccine, which makes you think. So, you're you've got all this extra safety data apparently somewhere, all this extra efficacy data that you didn't feel the need to roll out to public, but you'll roll out to. Uh, clinicians and healthcare workers and uh it's been endemic that's one of the only endemic things that's happened in the last 12 months is that across the globe healthcare workers are saying we are not getting this vaccine and again that's because they are oftentimes they've had to inject it and they've had to deal with the after effects of it and as you mentioned last week if you missed last week's episode chris reeled off the numbers of adverse events that have been recorded so far and you'll have to rewind to last week's episode but they were in we're talking about 50,000 different adverse events from people straight up dying 
people having heart attacks, people going blind, people go having autoimmune conditions, bodily shutdown, muscle shutdowns, all these different things, serious effects. And Chris was reading them off, and I said in the tens of thousands, just a loose calculation, it sounded about 50,000 people. And I thought, wow, that's, you know, since we've been vaccinated in November, that's quite a lot of people, you know, 50,000. And he said, that's this week. And I hadn't seen these numbers beforehand, and I couldn't believe that it was 50,000 people in a week that have had severe adverse reactions. And as I mentioned before, and this is, government have, have backed this up, the, the UK government's yellow card system, which is the official government reporting system if you have adverse events uh, as part of the NHS giving you a jab. The yellow card system, it has already been said that only about 10% of people who have adverse reactions will report those adverse reactions. Other people tend not to want to really report them. So oftentimes they go home and maybe a week later or, or two or three days later, they go, oh, I feel awful. I felt absolutely wiped out or my, my fit, like my friend, fingers blew up, face blew up, lymph nodes in her neck blew up, lips turned blue, lost the feeling in her fingers and toes. Did she report it? No, she didn't. Because they, she called up and they said, oh, it'll be fine. Give it a couple of days and if you've still got no feeling in your fingers in a week, come back to us and we'll see what we can do. Week. Not being funny, if you've lost finger, if you've lost the feeling in your fingers for a week, you've probably lost the feeling in your fingers for if not indefinitely, forever. So that's pretty scary. It's, it's generally pretty scary. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry, back to, that's a long diatribe, but anyway, back to speaking to my brother. You know, I, I, I spoke to him earlier, and uh, as I said before, it seemed like he was maybe on the fence, whereas his partner was very much, I'm not having it. You know, sorry, I, I am having it. I'm, I'm, I'm behind this. I believe in the COVID thing. You know, you need to explain the deaths, explains what's going on. And I obviously said to him, look, it's the PCR test. So people are not dying from COVID. They're dying from a heart attack after they've tested positive. And uh, he's been in hospital um, this last sort of week for various ailments. And I said to him, are they, are they testing you when you go? And he said, yeah, of course they are. They test me every time I go in. I have to have a test there. And that's been my own um, experience with family members who've had to go in for unrelated things. Obviously, they test you when you go in. They test you when you go out. And many people have to visit hospital multiple times. So, you know, any one person could have five or ten tests. Um, and, uh, yeah, of course, if, if anything happens to you in hospital, you're then marked down as a COVID death, um, which is actually you can uh, – uh, tell the story of your your neighbour if you feel so inclined, because that's just a, obviously, although anecdotal, that's an experience of what's happening right now. Yeah, so basically, um, it was a couple of weeks ago. My neighbour um, took the AstraZeneca um, vaccine, and um, within hours, um, he collapsed. Um, he was rushed to hospital. Um, when he was found, um, he was found with zero um, oxygen in his body. Rushed to hospital. Um, and and then he died, um, and that was literally within hours of taking it. He had no um, no symptoms before. Tested negative um, for for COVID, um, and uh, they labelled it as a COVID death. Um, and also, they said that it was something to do with his heart as well. So you know, his wife took the the Pfizer um, vaccine. Um, but you know, we've known him for years, years, over twenty years. So, so he he tested negative. 
he tested negative. And they still put him down as a COVID. They put it down as COVID. Um, yeah. Do you know what? I saw a news article just this week uh, that said in America they have found untold incidents of exactly the same thing happening. That whether they've been tested or not. And, and do you know what? I know why. Uh, it's just, just come to fruition. Um, because current UK... So the, the, the NHS is something called a green book which you can find in various forms online. But the Green Book is uh, sort of standard practice for if there's any latest infections, diseases, ailments, cancers, heart diseases, things like that. It's a standard process for, for how you how clinicians handle that, what they can expect to see, how they can handle it, and what kind of routine care would be. So, for example, it's a, a short list. So if you can go to it and be like, how can I recognise a, a heart attack? It will be like, duh, 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 duh. this is how a hand attack is. Uh, this is consequences of a heart attack. This is how it's handled. These are the treatment options. It's a kind of a, a, a guide of sorts for NHS workers. And in there, it had COVID-19 diagnosis. And it said that you can be diagnosed with COVID-19 either with a positive test or if it is uh, just uh, diagnosed by a visual interpretation if you will by a clinician so a clinician can look at you and you can say look what symptoms have you had you can go i've i've got a bit of a tight chest and i've I've been a bit feverish for a couple of days i just feel a bit fluey and they can go right that sounds like coronavirus and they can mark you down as coronavirus positive without ever actually testing you so again he could test negative as he did but they could essentially still say oh well we think he may have had coronavirus in the past so many weeks that you know based on his age and uh maybe that contributed to it of course when someone dies from they get hit by a bus or they have a heart attack or they die from stage four cancer and they test positive for coronavirus it's always the coronavirus that killed them but if they die within minutes or hours of having a vaccine it's never the vaccine that killed them it's always something it's as oh it can't be the vaccine which is ludicrous to say because uh, there is, there's no safety efficacy on it. There's no long-term data on it. And again, as we mentioned before, so prior to the vaccines taking place, there's a government body, the M for Mother, HRA, um, which I think is the Medicine and Healthcare Regulatory Agency. Um and they put up a two and a half million pound contract, round about that two million to half million, for a software company to create a system that would record, and it's, it said something like the expectedly high number of severe adverse reactions from the vaccine. So they paid, and you can find this contract online. At the time, I sent it out to all of my guys and family members uh, on our own group with me and Chris and the others. Um, with the contract tenure that you could email and you could apply to if you were a freelance software company and they got that contract fulfilled. So a software company made an automated system to record if you have an adverse event. And they said the expectedly high amount of adverse events. And I mentioned this earlier to, you know, to my brother again. I've had dozens of vaccines, as have most people. Uh, my partner's a, a healthcare worker, so as part of that, she's had to have flu vaccines, she's had to have mandatory hep B vaccines, all these kind of vaccines. And never, never, never in history 
have I seen so many people having severe adverse events to a vaccine. It hasn't happened. And again, I'm inclined to believe that this is not because, and it's true, that the vaccine, the mRNA vaccines don't contain a virus. So you're not being injected with a virus and you're feeling unwell because you're now ill with COVID. That doesn't happen. That's not how these vaccines work. That's not how they work. I am inclined to believe that that massive, destructive, heavy feeling of being completely wiped out is because you are kicking your immune system into the dirt by taking that vaccine. And that's why you don't see that in flu vaccines or measles vaccines or polio vaccines or TB vaccines. You don't see that kind of reaction. You, you just don't see it. Um, as I mentioned before, it's worth just, just going over one more time quickly. When you have the regular vaccines that have been around since the very tail end of the 18th century and some variation, the idea is you take a natural piece of that virus and you kill it through radiation or incineration or whatever the, the medium is till there's barely anything left of it alive. And you inject that into someone and the body sees even a tiny single percent of a virus in your system. It recognises it. This isn't meant to be here. And it forms an attack and your antibodies attack and then you have immunity from it. So again, if you've got it, you're very unlikely to catch the same strain of flu twice in a year. Because once you've got immunity to it and your T-cells recognise it, they know what it is. And it doesn't, I suppose it doesn't really matter, or the World Health Organisation, who changed the meaning of herd immunity, would say it doesn't matter. Whether you catch a virus naturally or whether you're vaccinated with the old in, inactive vector vaccines from it. Because you're either breathing it in and it's in your system or it's been injected into you and it's in your system. Whether they're the same is arguable. Because again, for the longest time, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in America, said that vaccines don't cause adverse effects and they don't cause autism in children. And very recently this year, they were taken to court and now they have taken off the claim that vaccines don't cause autism because it was proven that vaccines can cause autism. So where these days you've got so many children now growing up with autism and autism has exploded Make no mistake, autism and uh, autism and uh, Asperger's uh, syndrome has absolutely exploded in the past couple of decades. We're talking hundreds to thousands of percentage increase. The CDC said it can't be from vaccines, and then they were forced to retract that because it's proven you can absolutely get autism or Asperger's from being vaccinated. And it's no wonder that when they're vaccinating all our kids so young that they're having this. But anyway, I digress. Um, the mRNA vaccines, the ribonucleic acids, messenger ribonucleic acid uh, vaccines are not the same. They don't, there is no virus in there. There's no natural virus in there. They don't work like that. They inject into your cells a code, a blueprint, a book saying, if you see this virus, fight it. And they make your cells recognise the COVID, the, the spike protein, the dangerous part of the coronavirus, that when taken out is the virus is redundant. But here's the thing, and this is what was found in the animal testing. When they tested the vaccines, the animals, sure, some of them didn't catch it. Some of them still did. Some of them still spread it. 
And that's the case with the current vaccines. The government hasn't said you won't catch it, you can't catch it, you won't spread it, and you won't die. They've said none of those things. They've just said that your chances will be lower. But again, the percentage of that has been wildly debated from anywhere between 20% to 70 Right now, I think the current thing is that you've only got about seven, and this is the government's own numbers, of course, the vaccine manufacturer's own numbers. Uh, they, Pfizer were caught out for being quite s- suspicious and tricky with this. Is only one vaccine, it's only about 70%. So there's a still 30% chance, you know, if they're being genuine. And I, I think, though, 70% is being a bit too charitable from their side. But let's play devil's advocate and say they're absolutely true. And there's still they, it lowers your chances of all the things happening by 70%. You've still got a 30% chance to carry it. You've still got a 30% chance to spread it. And you've still got a 30% chance to die from it and have symptoms from it. Which in a vaccine, you know, I have one polio vaccine and I will never get polio. Do you know what I mean? One TB vaccine. I will never get TB. I don't have a 30% chance of still getting polio or I'm not immunised. I'm not protected. It's more of a treatment. I'm, I'm kind of still susceptible but less susceptible. But the danger is what they did when they, when they injected these animals, they then introduced a wild form of the virus into them. So a, a, a natural, to, to test immunity, to test, look, these animals have been vaccinated with the mRNA vaccines, the same ones that you're taking now and that your children will take. And when they run into it naturally, does it give them immunity? And all of the animals died. All of the animals died. And they said it was because there was a slight variation in the wild version of the virus that these animals were presented with. And the one they were vaccinated against. And they realised that something had occurred called pathogenic priming. And what that is, your cells, for since man's inception, have been, some would say designed, or some would say evolved, to get a virus naturally, to breathe it in, to realise it, to get sick from it, But the reason you don't die when you catch the flu in the vast majority of times is because you have an immune system that kicks up, it fights back and it wins. And then you don't get a flu again. You know, if you're over it and everyone around you is still sick, you won't then catch it again and again and again for the full flu season of three or four months, as they sometimes are. You'll kind of get it once and everyone gets it once and then you're all over it and it disappears because once you've had it, your immune system fights it. And it can recognise infinite amounts of diseases. There's no limit to what you're... Because they recognise anything foreign in them is not meant to be there. mRNA vaccines tell your cells, stop doing that job. We're going to take over from here. Here's a blueprint. If you see this bad guy, stop him. But it only says, if you see this bad guy. But if this bad guy shows up with a beard and he's from Brazil or Kent, as they keep pushing on us now, they don't recognise it anymore. They don't see it because they're only looking for the guy who's clean shaven with glasses. (laughs) They're not looking for the other variants. They can't see them. So they turn into something that you could handle before. And as mentioned, 80% of people who get COVID are asymptomatic, no symptoms whatsoever. If you get a new version now, your anti your your cells, your antibodies don't recognise it as foreign because they're only programmed now to recognise specific strains. And what does that mean? When you get a new virus, 
it's going to rip through you and it's not going to stop. It's going to be effectively like having chemotherapy. So anyone who's known anyone that's had cancer, and I have, unfortunately, you, when they're going through chemotherapy, they have to mask up and glove up and do everything because you can catch the slightest cold and it will wipe you out because you have no immune system oftentimes because of the chemotherapy. And that is exactly what will happen when you catch the live, the wild variant or any mutation. And we have been already been told about 10 or 15 mutations that have already taken place. And the vaccine manufacturers are not even willing to really commit whether they'll stop it. They say, no, we, we believe that it could still be effective. There's no research on that. There's no data on that. In fact, the only research we have is from the animal studies that they rushed through and all the animals died. So they're basing that on absolutely nothing whatsoever. And as mentioned before, and as Chris said last week, the long-term trials for this don't finish until 2023. So if you take the vaccine right now, you are the long-term trial. You're the test to see if it works, if it causes you any effects, if it makes you go blind, if it causes you an immune condition. If a year down the line you start feeling off, then what you know what 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 can you do and i'll tell you what you can do nothing nothing at all because the vaccine manufacturers said we will only make this vaccine if you give us legal indemnity we're not making it unless you tell us we can't be sued we can't be taken to court there can be no criminal trial against us if this goes catastrophically wrong and we end up say we inject a million people and Hell, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000, 500,000, however many people die, nothing happens to us at all. And the government said, yeah, sure. And that happened before, as mentioned, in 1976 with the swine flu outbreak. America vaccinated 45 million people and hundreds of thousands of people ended up with neurological damage, death, heart attacks, blindness, lifelong disabilities that could not be fixed. And they went to seek some kind of justice in the courts and they said, sorry, they've got legal indemnity. You're on your own. And then you can't work and you can't raise your kids and you can't live a life because they've paralysed you or blinded you for something that, again, under 60 is the most diminutive threat to you. What's it, it's next to nothing in terms of the chances of you dying. It's tiny. It's, it's, and again, now, worst of all, they're going after the zero to six range. So Pfizer has begun its um, prepubescent trials on, uh, on children. And it's just the most disgusting thing. It's just the most... Why you would voluntarily let your child... Be pumped full of something that even the manufacturer is not willing to guarantee you will not kill them, will not paralyze them or blind them or ruin them forever is beyond me. Why you would do that? It's absolutely sickening. And any parent that's even thinking about it, you need to seriously question yourself to put your child at risk. Do you really love your child? I don't care if you think um, your child's going to be a hero for for many others if you've got that kind of mindset it's your child at the end of the day it is your child and that your your child's life 
that they're risking, that you're risking. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just ridiculous. I'll tell you what really, really, really got me irate. For the longest time, I used to advocate talk radio, if anyone's heard talk radio. Um, and talk radio was great, especially Julia Hartley Brewer. She was I, I loved her because she used to get Matt Hancock on and Chris Whitty, and she'd grill them to pieces, and she'd shred them. And she'd talk about, uh, you know, th- these vaccines, they're experimental, they're, they're trial, fa- you know, I'm, I, we shouldn't be rushing these things. And then their YouTube channel got taken down and a lot of their social media got wiped. And when they came back about a week later, they were different, entirely different. And I don't know if someone had a word with them and said, look, what you're talking about, we don't want you talking about that, and believe if you're listening, that that stuff exists. Believe that there are agencies in government that will happily get in touch with people uh, who will not pull, especially people in positions of power, actors, uh, movie makers, directors, radio hosts, things like that, and say, you will say this or you will not say it on any, we we will crush your channel. We will wipe you out. We'll make sure. And again, recently departed Alan Watt, who I mentioned last week, who passed away, used to be a very big radio presenter and a very big name in the music industry. And he had documents and evidence of agencies getting in touch with him and going, you're saying things we don't want you to be saying. So stop or it'll be an end to your career. Uh, and, And he said, I'm not stopping. And he literally almost disappeared from the face of the world. Um, has obviously been making his podcast extremely well informed and then just died unexpectedly last week and no one's willing to say why he died what he died of anything like that and if you type his name into google nothing comes up which is strange for someone of such a high standing but it's probably to do with the fact that he has been so outspoken on the vaccines as of recently um how how old was he <laughs> he must have been in his Late forties to early fifties, but he was in absolute perfect health as well. Um, he w- he was the kind of individual who would tell you if he was undergoing anything, if he was undergoing cancer, had a, a strong disbelief in the industry. And as I said, because he was, he said himself, I was approached early on, and I was, they spoke to me and said about me that I'm an intellectual and I'm the kind of person that would do far better and would live a far better life if I cooperated. And if I cooperated and I towed the line, I would have the money I need, I would have the security need, I would have the platform I needed. And they offered that to him and then he said, no, I don't. I'm, my, everything I'm about is about freedom and about looking after people. I can't sell out that. For, for 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 this i can't i can't sell that'll be going back on everything i am then they threatened and said we've made you a kind offer we're now going to make we're now going to tell you stop or or you'll disappear no one will know alan what alan what won't exist alan what you know you've got your radio show right now and god knows what else and you'll cease to exist and he said well fine and again he literally within a matter of months just disappeared apart from hosting his own website and putting his own podcast up his own website. And the, we, we said the same previously about Bill Cooper, who had his own radio show. And Bill was brilliant because Bill came out and said, I'm going to tell you exactly how it works. 
And he said, and in doing this, they're going to kill me. And I know they're going to kill me, but I'm going to do it anyway. And he said, I'm going to record it. And if you want a copy of it, you email me and I will send you a free copy with the condition that you spread this as far as you can, as quickly as you can. And his radio podcast, it was about 45 hours that he went on for of talks about everything, about who the people are that are running things, why they do it, why they believe they have the right to do these things and how they think about us and how they think about them. And was literally shot dead by police over them investigating a, a unrelated tax issue. Literally knocked on his door and uh, engaged in a gun. Said he pulled a gun, but Bill was not the kind of person that would do that and had had dozens of implications with police and never pulled a weapon on any of them and was just shot to death. And again, no one saw it and there was... Just as he concluded, he's, uh, he's shown. But anyway, um, so Talk Radio got taken down and when they came back, they were suddenly really pro-vaccine, you know, quite pro-lockdown, quite pro... They'd completely done a 180 on everything they believed. And this is the thing that winds me up. Julia Hartley Brewer had, I think it was Ricky Sunak on, and they were talking about the adverse effects. And she was saying, well, paracetamol has adverse effects. All medications have adverse effects. We can't... We can't uh, chastise and highlight the vaccines because they have adverse effects. How you can conflate paracetamol, which has existed forever and has had decades, if not centuries, of safety analysis done on them and the individual components thereof to a vaccine that began human trials in November 2020, no long-term research done. How you can conflate the two is insulting. And again, who, it it really frustrated me. It really frustrated me that for such a, there is no way that a person of such intelligence as I know her to be, use that as an excuse. And I have watched her, as I said, take well-calculated, almost scripted arguments from members of the government, from Sage, from Chris Ritty, from Matt Hancock, that have been practised and, 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 and gleaned and made perfect rhetoric and shred it to pieces with pure, cold, calculated logic to use that kind of lazy straw man argument. So someone has unfortunately got to talk radio and now it's, um, well, it's a vestige of what it used to be, just a wreck. Um, it's a shame. It really is a shame because we're running out of, we're running out of platforms that are, I mean, not being funny, it's hard, isn't it? When it's your, if, if I was working at talk radio and that was my job and the entire means for me to make money, having my Twitter, my YouTube, all these things taken down and someone said to me, look, this is what can happen. You either stop saying the things you're saying or you word them slightly differently or you're out of a job. It's hard. Because these people still have homes, they still have children, they still have... They, they, it's, it's part of the beast system we're in that they have created this, uh, this structure where everything you need to do revolves around money. And you can be made silent, you can made to completely do a 180 on what you do when your income is cut off. Because when you can't eat and you can't pay your bills and you lose your home and you can't feed your kids, that's a hard plank to resist... You know, most people would jump. Um, 
so I, I don't I don't resent them but at the same time I don't know it's, it's difficult isn't it to have such a big platform and to be able to reach so many people and and bowing down to the oppression I guess yeah I think it's it's really bad um, especially on that front I, I, I see what you're saying but I think at times like this I mean, I, I mean, the only way I, I look at things is, is uh, salvation and the soul and your soul and your, and trying to save as many as possible. Absolutely. And the, 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 the benefit is of this program is that we're not financially invested here. So if we ever had an ultimatum presented to us or indeed threats made to this channel and this podcast, they can't say we will shut down your revenue sources. The worst thing they could do, the very worst thing they could do was take us off. And then we would have to move to a visual podcast on BitChute or Brand New Tube or some other medium where they have less impact. I heard Parlour's back up now um, after Amazon and Twitter and, and the Silicon Valley stonewalled it. Um, but yeah, apart from that, we, we, we're not, financially invested in this so we can say whatever we want to say about anything and not being funny if we had a a, a big following if we had a fifty thousand hundred thousand in the hundreds of thousands or millions of followings as some channels do and we started talking the way we're talking about vaccines and we started telling you the things we're telling you about vaccines we would be taken off in a heartbeat it's a surprise even at our smaller stature some of the things we've said and we've spoke about and we're still around. We're still online and we're still reporting every week. And everyone, we, we, we said this last week with, uh, or a couple of weeks ago with Nathan, everyone wants to talk about, they'll talk about the players. So they'll say, oh, Bill Gates, did you see Bill Gates? Uh, Bill Gates paid £980,000 to the MHRA. You know, the same guys who made that, vaccine uh, reporting system he he back-ended them at nine hundred eighty thousand pounds for some reason why did that happen but they won't say about the bigger overarching force which is freemasonry and that word just isn't mentioned and there's another two words mentioned one i won't say because it will sh- almost certainly have a shutdown um and there's a certain network again that will often mean that we'll be targeted by an algorithm and taken down um but what we'll do we'll save them towards a day when we're ready to go ham or when things really pick up because <laughs> right now we're in a place where we still are in the the wonderful opportunity to talk to a lot of you and 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 bring you the news that you're not hearing and the opinion, the educated, informed opinion that you're not hearing and they won't let you hear. And when stuff really hits the fan, then we're going to go for broke and we'll just spill the beans on everything that's happening. And then if they take us down, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Um, one that I did want to bring up was um, the, the president of Tanzania. Yeah, yeah, you go for it, yeah. Um, which is really, really, really sad. I have to say, very, very sad. Um, obviously, he went missing for three weeks, and um, personally, I think, I think uh, they done him. Um, 
probably day one of those three weeks. You'll have to update me because I haven't followed. I, I remember that, and this is just some context and Chris can uh, fill up this a bit more because I, it isn't something I've followed as much as Chris has. But the last I saw, the president of Tanzania, there were treatments that were rolling out for coronavirus in different parts of, of Africa and things like that. Uh, and they were they said on the bottles not for use in the UK or USA. So they were sending treatments out to them that are not legally allowed to be used in the West, that are probably not safe to be used in the West. And as we know, and we know this from Bill Gates, with his mass vaccinations he's done historically in India and parts of Africa, that the vaccinations and stuff they use out there are so much less safe than the stuff that we would ever touch here. And ours are not safe already. But the stuff they roll out there is more akin to depopulation than it is anything else. I think about 50,000 Indian school-aged female children were paralysed or left with severe neurological damage last time Bill Gates had a little vaccine play in India. And, uh, yeah, the president of Tanzania basically showed these, put this stuff online and was reported on news sites saying, I'm done with you pushing these poor quality, dangerous drugs on my people. And then, uh, yeah, Chris. Yeah, no, he, he said that um, he was dead against it. He was. Um, he said that, you know, what, what sort of, why are we giving these different... Um, um, treatments um, to everyone else. We have the right to to investigate it ourselves with our own scientists. Um, he refused um, mask wearing. He refused vaccines. So I think as soon as he he did that, it was game over. Um, obviously, last year he um, he tested a sheep and a and a, a pie pie, which is a fruit. Um, other other bits put human names on them and. Some bits came back positive for coronavirus. Yep. Other other bits didn't. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, he was playing. He, do you know what? I I rate him for his realness and his courageous. He was very courageous in in his leadership. Um, but obviously, we know that that sort of. Um, so leadership. is he? Is he dead? Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, they killed Christ. him. Yeah. How? Um, so. They said so that obviously some reports were saying that he had COVID. Um, he died of COVID. Right, yeah. Um, Isn't it ironic that they're going to say that the, the, the anti, um, anti-COVID, anti-vaccine individual ended up dying from COVID? This, well, this is, this is what the I, I saw Channel 4 News um, the other day. And um, literally, like, what the, the script in it as, as um, the COVID-denying president has died... Um, but the way that this um, this news presenter, I'm sure you've seen the news presenter on Channel Four. He's he's been there for years. I can't remember what his name is. Um, and it was like he was smirking while he was saying, "You know, the COVID denying." And you know what? The thing is, is that with um, what is what is not nice is that you're smirking at someone dying. It's, this is a, a leader of a nation who's died. Um, but then your tone will change. Um, when there's other sad news. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. <clears throat> and again, there has been no shortage in history, in indeed modern history, of figureheads of states or governments or politicians, prime ministers, emperors, rulers, 
being taken out and then a puppet regime is installed with people that can be controlled or people that are normally cut from the same cloth as the West. This notion that the the West, that the, the US in particular, does not have its fingers in just about every single pie in the globe is, is farcical. Um, I know with my, my brother earlier, and I've heard this so many times, um, mentioned, he said to me, you know, uh, hypothetically, devil's advocate, do you believe that China created this virus and i've heard two so he's his question was do you believe that china created this virus as a means to wipe out their own quickly expanding population but i've also heard did you hear they've used it to wipe out the west uh and i, I said to him the, the, the thing that people don't realize and nathan has gone over this before with the world wars and how the world wars are not how we've been told how the history of the world wars is not anything like we've been told and how money was changing hands in the background how governments made plans for the wars before the wars how they could benefit things things like that and we know from government documents so uh again we've mentioned them before but if you have a look at um if you go on google and you type in Operation Northwards. This was a document from, I believe, the 70s, where the US government wanted to invade Cuba. Um, And people didn't want to invade Cuba because going to Cuba was not their war. It had nothing to do with it. Same as invading the, the, same as the Japanese. Obviously, Pearl Harbor was caught out. With, With Pearl Harbor, it's now come out that the Japanese plan to attack the American ships was cracked three days before the attack happened. And the American military allowed that attack to happen because they wanted to get the American people invested in the war. And they wanted to go, look at look at the Japanese have just killed all of our American troops, just the Navy off land. We need to get them. And that worked. And it happened with 9-11. You know, there's so much evidence now, so much evidence that 9-11 was the false flag that they used to take us into Afghanistan and Iraq and do that project for a new American century. But um, Operation Northwoods, if you ever think, oh, I don't believe either of what you're saying, Operation Northwoods, the US government wanted to invade Cuba. And in the document, it says the people in America, they don't want a war with Cuba, but we want to get in a war with Cuba because we need to take out Castro. We need to take out all the government and we need to instill our own government. So what we're going to do, and again, I can't impress this enough. This is a real factual military document. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is on Google. You can Google it. It's on the History Channel. It's on Wikipedia. It's it's declassified now because it's been 50 years since it came out. But you can Google it and it exists. Operation Northwoods. And what it said is we are going to dress our American soldiers up as Cuban rebels. We're going to dress them in all the gear, all the headscarf, the AK-47, and we're going to send them out on the streets and our American soldiers in disguise are going to kill US citizens. They're going to behead US citizens. They're going to blow up buildings. They're going to hijack planes, hijack planes and crash them into iconic US buildings. They're going to suicide, well, suicide in inverted commas, pretend to suicide bomb certain places. They're going to blow bombs up in the street. They're going to release chemical agents. Um, and... 
what we're going to do is the media, the news is going to then, who's going to be in on it, and it says that in the document, is going to say that it was the Cubans, and they're going to capture all this on video of these Cubans blowing themselves up or shooting American citizens or beheading American citizens. And every single member of the military, and we're talking generals, you know, major chiefs of the military, signed all the documents saying, yep, this this can happen and we agree if it happened and we agree to oversee it. Members of the Secret Service, the FBI, the CIA signed it and said, yep, we know this is going to happen, we agree with it. Par- parties in the media signed it and said, yes, we agree with it, we know it's going to happen. And the one person who said, this is not going to happen, was JFK. And several months after he said, this is not happening, he had his head blown off. And people can't work out why JFK was assassinated was because they had a plan and presidents are installed as we said many times presidents are selected they're not elected they're not people that just try really hard and get the heart of the people they go here's coke and here's pepsi pick which one you want it doesn't matter what one you what one you pick because they're the same thing they come from the same place they there's tiny variations but they taste the same and they're there to achieve the same goal So John F. Kennedy was installed in that government to be that kind of person. And at some point, he had a change of heart. At some point, he said, do you know what? I don't want to do this. I don't want to kill innocent people. I don't want to send fake terrorists out on the street and have them knife children and blow up kids and women just so we can go to a fake war with Cuba. And, of course, that's the last thing he said because then he was killed. And then they killed, uh, what was his name? I can never remember the chap's name who killed him. Lee Harvey Oswald uh, killed him as well. Um, I believe that's in prison, or he was shot. On, I think he was shot on the way, wasn't he? Um, so he could never talk about being the patsy for it. Um, but yet, Operation Northwoods, again, have a read through that. If you don't believe that your government would do it, and if you don't believe they have done it, and they've planned to do it, have a Google, because the whole document in its original form is scanned and it's up on Wikipedia, it's up on the History Channel, it's up on Google for you to have a read-through and you can see behead American citizens, blow up planes, crash planes into buildings. So when you think they wouldn't do that, of course they would do that. And what did they do? They did it in 9-11 as well. They did it in 9-11. So they tried to blow up the towers in 1993 and people forget that one the World Trade Center attacks of 1993, where they hired, I think he was an Egyptian uh, gentleman, to get a truck full of explosives and drive them to the underground car park of the World Trade Center, park it next to the central support column, get out and from a distance detonate this, which was meant to take down the World Trade Center with everyone in it. And this gentleman recorded the uh, communications he had and he parked, although he did what he did with the truck, he parked it a fair distance away from the central support column. So it blew up and it killed a lot of people, but it didn't take down the tower. And when he was arrested, he said, I can prove the FBI and the CIA put me up to it. Here's the documents, here's the recording. And I think there was a big inquiry and it did come out that members within the CIA and the FBI, America's secret service, there to protect the citizens, were the people behind it. And lo and behold, what, maybe seven, seven or eight years later, the the, the planes hit the tower and uh, the towers came down and we went straight into Afghanistan that we tried 
at least once before, but maybe not come once before. And that's just America. There's a lot of stuff in British history that is very, very similar. Um, and in lots of countries' history that's very, very similar. Did you know that um, I heard someone say that uh, COVID-19 obviously started in 2020 or, well, really broke out and started in 2019, but really broke out in 2020, but it was 19 years after 9-11. And there's some, no, sorry, yeah, 19 years after 9-11, which is part of the reason why they called it COVID-19. I don't know if that is true. Mm. It could could very well be. As we, it's it's very hard and you'll you'll have to take a leap of faith on us when you hear this because we haven't yet have the episode. As I said, when we have the episode, when we let you into who, why, and all the, the, the individuals of it, the show will probably be taken down. Because that has been the point in history when lots of big YouTube creators, as soon as they've mentioned the names, they're taken down and they're they're struck off. Um, and it was the point when Bill Cooper come out and said the names that he was assassinated. And again, it doesn't lend... A, we, we're not ready at this point now to have the show taken off and we've got a lot of stuff we need to be talking about every week and keeping people updated every week. But these... There's only one way I can kind of describe it that, that, that is something that you'll understand. And the word's cult. In that the people who currently run the government, so say you, people like Trump and Boris Johnson, okay? Trump, Boris Johnson, Joe Biden, all these presidents, all these people, most of them have no power whatsoever. They're just figureheads. They're kind of... They're, they're, they're puppets with the puppeteer above them in the background that you don't see and you're not allowed to know about. And when you... I said this very early on with Boris. Boris always comes out of his shaggy hair all over the place like it hasn't been brushed. Boris went to Oxford. Boris is one of the most highly educated individuals in England. Um very 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 well educated comes from a lineage of very well educated individuals and if you look at boris in his younger days he's brushing his hair perfectly he's styling his hair having his hair cut and all of a sudden now since he's been a politician for the uk he suddenly has forgot to brush his hair that isn't because boris has decided to stop brushing his hair that's because boris has been told by the people that run things and by behavioural psychologists who look into, people like to think we're these really complex, uh, we're these complex individuals that can't be solved and can't be cracked. We're dead easy. Humans are dead easy to understand and manipulate. We follow very typical patterns. We do the same things. We have very typical reactions. And obviously that's the entire science that psychology is based on. Um, and how psychologists works, and how be- behavioural scientists. We went over SPIB a couple of episodes ago, the government's own behavioural scientists, what the government have called the nudge unit, because they have been brought in to nudge the public into accepting vaccines, into accepting coronavirus. And as I mentioned earlier, these same people are now working with the NHS to nudge, psychologically nudge people into taking the vaccines. Oh, go on, think of the war times. Think of the country coming together. It's a national push. Oh, go on, you won't be able to go clubbing. You won't be able to meet the love of your life. You won't be able to get married if you don't do this stuff. Again, they're, they're not by accident. They, they know how humans think and they program you to do it. 
So Boris is told, Boris, if you go out of shaggy hair, people will think you're silly and soppy and kind-hearted and bumbling and, you know, you're ultimately a bit of an idiot. And when you make mistakes, they'll kind of, they'll forgive you for it. And they'll go, oh, bloody bumbling Boris has done it again because they think you're an idiot, but they don't realise how intelligent you are. And you can tell by his flawless use of vocabulary and vernacular that he's very well educated, far, far more than any of us are. But you can go down the pub, as I said so many times, and speak to old Joe the drunk, and he'll go, oh, you know what we need to do with these, with this COVID? We just need to vaccinate all the older people. And then that's fine because it's the older people who are dying from it, not the younger people. Even Joe knows that, old drunken vodka Joe, but Boris can't work it out. None of these scientists can work it out. It's, it's, a, it's elusive to all of them, but these scientists, these highly educated individuals. And again, don't say, oh, well, they're just so intelligent that they're getting things you don't. Again, SAGE, the council that is currently advising the UK government on how to do this lockdown, took the information of this lockdown from Wikipedia and that is acknowledged fact now that they didn't know how to do a lockdown and they took advice from Wikipedia on how to do it. A scientific council needed to look through Wikipedia. When you're in university or you're doing any kind of research, the first thing they say is do not use Wikipedia as a source because it's an open platform that can be edited by anybody. But our entire lockdown was based on Wikipedia entries and nothing else, which is why it doesn't make any kind of sense, why anyone can see, sure, you might be limiting the uh, apparent spread of COVID-19, but you're also making people gain weight. You're also increasing the risk of people having heart attacks. Everyone's eating junk food, which increases the rate of heart attacks, which is the number one killer of men and women. You're not letting people's cancers get treated and diagnosed. People are dying at home because you've scared them so much of COVID that they won't leave their house. Even if there's been reports of people having heart attacks and healthcare advisors on the phone at 111 having to say, you are having a heart attack, please come in, please let me send an ambulance. And they're like, I'm scared of COVID. And it's nonsense. There was, when we went to the protest uh, in London several months ago, there was an ex-NHS worker who was there and she gave a speak on a speaker system in front of hundreds of crowds and said, I left my job at the NHS because I was fed up of telling people or being made to tell people that COVID was more important and hearing people say, I can't come to hospital, I'm too scared of COVID, when I said to them, you are going through a heart attack right now. Uh, And she's become a very outspoken source of a lot of this now, which is great because, yeah, we we need more of that. But, yeah, it's... um, So often, as I've mentioned so many times, so often you start on a point and you have to elaborate on that point by going on a diatribe um, and then you lose where you originally were going, which is where I am now. I've kind of lost where I, what my my central point to all this was, but hopefully along the way we've left some good messages in regard to, um, oh yes, rituals, rituals and the people that run things. Um, So the people behind the scenes, they believe in eugenics. And uh, as mentioned before, eugenics is a belief. It's awful. It is, that you can, how to put it, um, in a way, 
in a really twisted way, it's what would be called survival of the fittest. Except it isn't survival of the fittest because people are choosing who survives. It is effectively, what you could use an example would be that infamous Austrian during the Second World War who had an idea that only a certain race, uh, the Aryans, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Germans were going to be the master race and they had the pure blood and they should survive when other races um, were dirty and unclean and deserved to die. And that has been seeded throughout all of history with the Soviet Holodomor uh, and the China's communist regime, which let millions of people, tens of millions of people, starve to death in great famines because they believed that only certain people should procreate. Now, if you don't believe that there's eugenics for it and that that is quite influential, Boris Johnson's dad is an author of eugenics and has had... and, And there are quotes from Boris saying that we need to look at the world population and we need to look at reducing it because there are too many of us and we to wipe out some numbers. Bill Gates was on stage saying, if we vaccinate properly and if we use contraceptives properly, we can lower the world's population by 10 to 15%. And I think it was Prince Charles who, it was Prince Charles... Philip. Philip. Prince Philip or David Attenborough. I think both said things to varying effects, but when asked what they could come back as, as reincarnated... They said, I would like to come back as a deadly virus so I could take down the world's population, which is disgusting. David Attenborough. David Attenborough said it as well. Oh, yeah. wow. So, uh, but again, to think that David Attenborough... Nasty man. Exactly. Again, to think that these people are not all from the same cloth is, is nonsense. And as, as Chris mentioned, uh, I think it was last episode, he's a great example. You remember when... Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were going at each other. And it was all saying, and this goes back to what I was mentioning about Pepsi and Coke, and Donald Trump was slinging stuff at Hillary, saying, oh, she's a liar, she hid all her emails, and, you know, Hillary was firing back, going, oh, you don't want Donald Trump as a president, he's a racist. They're cousins. They're related. And if you look at the bloodlines of the English monarchy, the Queen, you look at many American actors, you look at famous bankers, you look at... Uh, gov- uh, monarchies in other countries they're all related I was writing a few of them down the other day actually you go back a couple generations and they're all cousins they're all uncles they're all fathers mothers sisters brothers and this is there's celebrity videos where people are going up to them and go oh do you know you're Madonna's uh, second cousin they're like am I like <laughs> you don't know you're related to Madonna you know what I mean like you have no idea that, that you're not related to these people. Of course you knew. Of course you knew. And the reason these people get a platform, often when they're completely untalented, is because it's not about what you have, it's about who you are. And these people believe, for some nonsense reason, and they have always believed. Again, if you look at, um, for example, I think, who is Meghan Markle? Can, is she's related to the she, royal family? She's 13th cousin of um, Harry. Yeah. So, can I, so can Meg- I give, give yeah. a few examples just quickly yeah, yeah, before yeah, we go? Yeah. So, so just a, a few examples. Beyonce is 25th cousins with the Queen. Um, Angelina Jolie is 26th cousin with the Queen. Um, Brad Pitt is related to Henry II, um, father of King John. Um, Ellen DeGeneres um, is cousins with Kate Middleton. 
Madonna and Celine Dion are cousins of um, Prince Philip of France, who is related to Prince William, um, also related to Vlad the Impaler, a.k.a. Dracula. Um, and um, Prince Charles is very proud of being related to Vlad the Impaler, who, um, Dracula, who was known for um, literally... Killing kids, and eating kids. Eating kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. What a charming thing you'd want to relate yourself to. But it goes to show, if you dig and you look, nearly every person we know of, most famous people, most monarchies, presidents, most member of parliaments are... They're related somewhere down the line. So, and again, there is a reason why monarchies historically have always married in the same bloodline. And as uh, Chris just said, um, Meghan Markle is related to Yeah, she, she's 13th cousin of Harry. She's with Harry, Prince, isn't she? Yeah, Prince. So, Prince. so Prince Harry is married to a very distant cousin of his. If you look, if you look at their noses... Yeah. Like I, I think it's even closer than that. If you look at her nose oh. from a side profile, yeah, they've got the same nose, yeah, from a side profile. They could be brother and sister. And again, there's something to to do, to build into that as well. If you wanted to look into your own lineage, you wouldn't find it trace that far. No, you you would you would probably get back two, three, maybe four generations, and then there would just not be a record of you no. because you're not significant enough to have any record on your your lineage but these people's lineage has been traced for literally thousands of years even the queen is third cousins with philip she's third cousins with philip her um her parents were first cousins so king george and um queen victoria were first cousins and this is this is it's out there it's It's revolting and and the list that i just said is just a little list yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've heard so many examples. Um, I, I was ju- I was in the middle of writing. I just started writing. Yeah, <laughs> and I was I, I had a lot more that I, that I could have put in there, but yeah, of course, yeah. Bar- Even uh, Barack Barack Obama yeah. and Sarah Palin cousins. Barack Obama, don't get me Barack Obama is cousins with Bush. His cousins with um, um, Trump. Yeah, with uh, with Cheney. all of them, Cheney, Clinton, all of them. Yep. They don't just get in there just uh, willy nilly. Exactly, yeah. and uh, th- this is the thing when you when you when you dig as long as we have, and you know I've been on this stuff for more than a decade, and so has Chris, and so has uh, Nathan, who's normally on the podcast. Where this is a big part of our our lives, big part of reading, where we constantly do this stuff. Um, it, it, it is they there is a um, I don't want to use the word bloodline because it, it sounds so whimsical and magical and 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 somewhat you know fairy tale-esque in a way but that's the only word to describe it there is a bloodline there is a lineage where they believe that they have the right to live happy lives they have the right to live rich wealthy lives and have healthy children and 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 have the best food and the best health care you know if you look at the queen and you look at look at philip is it philip uh who's recently been in hospital nearly a hundred years old and he come out of hospital looking like he was at death's door but he's still alive it how many men do you know that live to a hundred years old what is the average age of of life expectantly expectancy for someone who's in the royal family it's normally well in they're normally centenarians or above that can i ask a question was when philip came out of hospital was that camera rolled or was that just pictures 
Uh, I don't know because I only saw the pictures. I'm sure it must have been Camarod. I'm sure it okay. must be on there. But he looked terrible, but he's still alive. And there's so many. I think there has only been one US president that has died from anything other than natural causes. In, I think it was, I can't remember what one died from lung cancer, um, but used to smoke. But generally, they just don't tend to, they tend to live into their 90s, 95s, 100s, and 100s plus, where mere mortals like us, the underlings, are dying now. I mean, uh, we're dying now, we're now earlier and earlier. As much as they say, oh, well, life expectancy has gone up and, and people are living longer. People, that's a factual inaccuracy that you need to Google. People are not living longer. We almost entirely wiped out infant mortality. Wait, wait, what's, what's that thing beginning with an A? Oh, yeah, adrenochrome. Oh, adrenochrome. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I just wanted to just say that. I'm sorry. We'll dig into it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it goes to show they live the most unexpected lives and they live much longer. And not only do they live longer, they live lucidly longer. So you can have a conversation with the queen at 100 years old and she'll be more lucid than your average 50-year-old. And that's because of eugenics. That's because the food they eat, the medical care they have, the lack of stress they have, not having to live in the system that we have to live in means that they live much better, much longer lives. They live the lives that we should all be able to live. We Instead, we get food that's full of endocrine disruptors and microplastics. We have water, drinking tap water, that's full of chlorine and fluoride and um, the remnants of birth control. As mentioned in a previous forecast, male fertility rates, male sperm counts, have dropped by 50% in 50 years. So since the 1950s, men are 50% less fertile. And there is no indicator whatsoever to say that in another 50 years, men will not be sterile. There is a fertility crisis happening right now. There's a fertility crisis. So people are having less children. And that's why China at one point had a one-child policy where you could only have one child. And then they reversed it. And then they started encouraging people to have children because they realised the population was dwindling because of fertility issues. And again, that isn't by accident. That is because they want as less of us to be around as possible. It's only them that have the right to this long, luxurious life. And uh, as, as the late comedian George Carlin said... It's a big club and you're not in it. You'll never be part of the big club. And it's a problem that's never going to be fixed. It's the same way they won't fix healthcare. They won't fix the NHS. They won't fix the education system. They won't fix food. They won't fix anything because they don't want to fix it. You know, isn't it strange to believe that within, what, six months, we've managed to make four or five different vaccines or a coronavirus that we knew apparently nothing about forever. It just is a novel coronavirus. It's brand new with a brand new vaccine technology that only began human trials in November 2020. Google that fact. But we still can't fix cancer after 40 or 50 years. How is that a way that we can't cure cancer, but we can, we can whip up a vaccine in six months 
we can make four vaccines, sorry, different vaccines, different manufacturers in six months for a virus that we know nothing about in the middle of that virus spreading everywhere and apparently killing everyone in complete chaos in the fires. We managed to just throw all this together. Obviously, we know because they didn't, because all of this was planned long, long, long before. And uh, we know that from the simulation lockstep from 2010 from the Rockefeller Institute that pl- that, that details all of this. 2010 said people will not accept technology they will not accept the invasive technology of having to have a a a vaccine passport or a a national digital id they will not accept a digital currency some people like paying with cash some people don't want to be traced everywhere they won't accept all the they won't accept 24 7 being on camera they won't accept smartphones that listen to them they won't accept all this stuff so here's an idea for you to make them accept it Roll out a, a pandemic. Make it spread from wild bats or wild geese. Start off in China and then spread it around the world. Make people lock down and wear masks and wear gloves. And even when the pandemic's disappeared, make sure they keep wearing masks and wearing gloves. And what they're saying right now, even if you've had your vaccine, you've still got to keep your social distance. You've still got to wear your mask. You still can't see your friends and family. You still... It made me laugh because obviously I mentioned a couple of episodes trying to encourage my dad to not have the vaccine. Because he said, look, I have to have it because I've got a holiday in May. And I said, look, you haven't got a holiday in May. Whether you've got the vaccine or not, you're not going on holiday. And he said, oh, don't be silly. There's no reason why I wouldn't. I said, there is a reason you won't be able to go because it's not about the vaccine. It was never about, sorry, it's not about the virus. It was never about the virus. It's about getting you to take something that is going to change forever your physiology. And it's one of two things. It's either going to wipe you out when the pathogenic priming comes in. So in six months, once you've had the vaccine, if you get the wild virus and it kills you, what are they going to say? They don't even have to, they don't have to defend themselves. They'll just say, oh my God, there's a new variant and it, it can get round the vaccines and it's so much more virulent. And you know who spread this wild variant, don't you? It's so damn anti-vaxxers. If only they had the vaccine everything will be fine but because they didn't have the vaccine it's now mutated they've mutated it and now it's affecting you and millions will die and they won't blame the vaccine and of course some people will die from this new strain that didn't have the vaccine they'll go look it's not about the vaccine because people have died who didn't have the vaccine so it can't be just they're going to ignore the fact that 95 percent of those people were the ones that had the vaccine and then it, but again you won't see those numbers because the bbc doesn't print those numbers and sky doesn't print those numbers um but yeah that's that's the, that's the ground thing it's there are people here their ultimate goal is for you to work for 50 60 65 years however long and then you're going to die before you can get your pension out because when you don't get your pension it goes back to the state and they get to keep all that money that you saved up that you know chances of them getting all your lifelong money the big payout you've waited for increases and that's the goal you will live just as long as you can contribute just as long as you can be part of the system but before you finish paying your mortgage off and before you can you know, racking your pension and you can go traveling and you can enjoy your twilight years, you'll die from a heart attack or die from cancer, that they won't cure even though they can because they need it. They need a killer. They need something that, and again, cancer disproportionately affects the older people. It's always going to, you know, it's always going to get you in your 
probably mid 50s early 60s mid 60s and you yeah sure you get it in your in your 20s and 30s sometimes and younger because the stuff that's giving us cancer the shit in the food and the, the stuff in the air and in the water and everything else still exists but it's generally going to start affecting you when your body starts to break down and your immune system starts to break down which is normal in life uh, as you get older um and it is, it's, I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, uh, the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, the company that make it, that have handled the whole rollout of it, are a company called Vaxatech. And they are from, uh, they are the, the arm of a branch that's either, I believe it's either the Wellcom Institute or the Galton Institute. Um, and both of those institutes, again, these are the these are the driving powers behind the team that make the vaccine, rolled it out, handles all the research of it. They are institutes on eugenics, and the Galton Institute specifically had talks even five to ten years ago about breeding certain people out of existence, and I think they made reference to. Bame to black Asian minority ethnic people saying that they had to purge inferior stock, as they called them. And that's what it's about. That's why, again, you, you think if you're, who can say I'm not getting the vaccine? The rich. Because the rich are rich. The rich don't need your money. The rich don't need a job. Often the rich run their own businesses and you can't fire a CEO from the top of the business or a, a business owner. You can't fire Jeff Bezos and you can't fire, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, Elon Musk. No one's firing Elon Musk. So if Elon Musk doesn't want to get the vaccine, Elon Musk and nothing will happen to Elon Musk. But Elon Musk is still rich. Elon Musk can afford to say, no, I'm not going to get it. But the people on child benefit, when they say, look, guys, you're only getting your child benefit now if you take the vaccine and your kids take the vaccine. They'll take the vaccine and maybe they'll die in a year or maybe it just means they'll get cancer 10 years earlier than they would have or 15 years earlier. Or maybe they'll, they'll get some other condition. But it still means those people are going to die a lot quicker. And maybe, as we've mentioned, actually a good time to get onto this. Maybe the vaccine will sterilize them. So it came out, it's, it's a fact now that 70% of the negative effects happen in women. So that the vaccines disproportionately affect women. And what we went over in the episode V for vaccines, or we're, sorry, we're not saying the V word, which I think was the second episode, is I said what they're doing, and this is the reason they have to keep the all the via, all the vaccines at uh, a certain temperature and they're very very fragile is that they're encased in a, a lipid nanoparticle and that nanoparticle has been linked and is used right now currently in the sterilization of animals so you will inject this nanoparticle into animals into dogs and cats if you want to chemically sterilize them and they have wrapped the viral mrna messenger code in a nanoparticle that sterilizes and chris sent me a video earlier that i only just got around to watching um but i'll let him uh i'll let him explain it because uh you you know i was of the mindset before well so many of these places are saying you can't work if you don't get a vaccine or you can't go on holiday if you don't get a vaccine when you read into them they say 
you must get a vaccine or a negative test. But obviously they, they hide that down the bottom because they want you to think you have to get a vaccine and you can't just take a negative test. But we found something out about the tests. And I'll let Chris maybe elaborate on that one. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a video that's circulating at the moment right now. Um, if I, I would get the name, I can't remember what his name is. Freeman? Some, I can't remember his name, his first name. Um, but... Basically, he's uh, he's basically looked at the the test, and um, you can see on the box itself, um, it says it contains EO. And uh, when you look at EO, um, you open up the test a little bit more. Inside the test, it tells you that it contains ethylene oxide. So when you actually look at ethylene oxide and what it can cause, it is a cancer causing substance. It, it contains cancer causing substances in it. Um, and to put that, uh, let's uh, uh, I'll do a little breakdown of what it is. Um, so at room temperature, ethylene oxide is a flammable colourless gas with a sweet odour. It is used primarily to produce other chemicals, including antifreeze in smaller amounts. Ethylene oxide is used as a, a pesticide and a sterilizing agent. Uh, and again, it's worth just just specifying there that in smaller amounts, and this is a verbiage, in smaller amounts, ethylene oxide is used as a sterilizing agent. So some people will go, uh, uh, as many things, they go, well, it's it's the, what's the phrase? It's uh, It's not the poison, but it's the, effectively the amount of the poison. So people will go, oh, well, you know, that might be, ethylene oxide might be a steriliser. Uh, you know, if you if you drunk a whole cup, it might sterilise you. That's not what they're saying, and that's not what the chemical does. At small amounts, at minute amounts, it's a steriliser. And again, the, 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 the swabs, the UK swabs that the NHS is using right now to test you, to test your kids, are sterilised using that, Ster- that, that's sterilizer that's what they're that's what they're used they're dipped in so you're putting that up your nose into the blood brain barrier and so many people have said why is it going right to the back of the nose why not just swab my inner cheek you know if i've got any other contagious virus you can swab my inner cheek if you ever get arrested and they do a dna test and a dna test is a lot more involved than an rna test they'll swab the inside of your cheek and that's enough for them to get a dna sample there's no need for them to go all the way up to the nose and, and, and effectively cross that blood-brain barrier to get a sample of something that would exist in your mouth, on your tongue, in your saliva. Other than they are, they're trying to deliver something to your system and they need to deliver it in the most effective way. And as most people know, um, so for, example, um, uh, for example, I've been taking something to help with sleep, just an amino acid called glycine, completely natural, your body makes it. And I was, um, I was mixing it in just a little bit of water or juice and having a drink of it. And for a couple of nights, I didn't really feel much different. And I thought, I'm not, am I not using this correctly? And people said, no, you're not using it that way because your stomach acid will break up the glycine before you get the effect. What you need to do is you need to take a spoonful of it and put it under your tongue 
and and leave your tongue on top of it because it will cross your into your bloodstream and your blood brain barrier a lot quicker because you have a massive vein that goes from your tongue up into your brain into your head or through that way and literally i've been putting a little bit under my tongue and within half an hour i'm ready to sleep you know from someone that has some quite heavy sleep you know insomnia most of the time it's really really working if anyone does have that glycine get it on a get it on amazon it's quite cheap and uh so many people probably struggling to sleep right now because of anxiety and mental health and just the stresses you need everything you can you can get especially if it's a natural natural supplement um so they're they're using these as a delivery system and again to get it into the blood brain barrier guarantees that it's not going to be broken down by the starch amylase in the saliva in your mouth it's not if it's ingested if there's some kind of test where you know you could ingest say a you know, a tablet and then you had a, a urine sample was another way because you can test, you know, pregnancy testings, for example, use that kind of medium. Um, your stomach acid would break down any of that thing. Right up the nose, right onto the blood-brain barrier, right there, you're delivering a straight shot of not only a known carcinogen, but a known sterilizer and one that can be applied in minute samples and still have an effect. And that's crazy. That, uh, that, that leads new credence to that you can have a vaccine or you can have a test. Well, what, you know, it's difficult as well because if you say, I don't want to test, some people can say, do you know what? I understand you not having the vaccine because of bodily autonomy and your right to refuse an experimental treatment. But what's the, what's the harm in having a test? What's wrong with... And I'll tell you what, what also sparked it as well. I shared an article amongst ourselves right back, right, right, right back in April. And I'm still going to have it somewhere and I will dig it out for you next week because it's going to be, as I said, it's, it's coming up to a year away now that I had it, but it's going to be in my big folder of all my links and files that I like to keep um, where they said COVID-19 can cause sterilization in male and females. And I said at that time to my partner in the group, I said, oh, I guarantee when they roll out some kind of treatment for this, and people end up sterile. They say, oh, well, it's COVID-19 that sterilised you. And not only that, we mentioned it all the way back at the beginning. We mentioned it right at the start that it could sterilise you. So they've kind of got that, that, that evidence there to back onto. It's the first flu in the world that can just mass sterilise people. But again, sterilised, doesn't it make sense? that the, 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 As I mentioned earlier, male fertility has dropped 50% in 50 years. So in another 50 years, which is basically another generation or two, if everyone's suddenly sterile, they're not going to equate it to the vaccine because the scientists are going to go, look, well, we've got all this evidence, all this data, all these facts that male fertility and female fertility has been dropping at a massive, massive rate for the last 50 years. So what made you think it wasn't going to carry on? So it's nothing to do with the vaccines and it might have nothing to do with COVID. This is just something is obviously sterilising people. And again, like anything, like cancer and like all the things that really plague mankind, they don't have any answers. You know, they've got all the answers on coronavirus and all the answers on the vaccine, something that's only existed for six months or so. But they haven't got any answers. They go, well, we don't know why old men are all being sterilised. It could be something in the water or, you know, diet factors or stress or all these different things. But we can't really pinpoint any one specific reason or or really give you anything at all that says why men are suddenly becoming sterile. It's, it's almost, uh, again, the, the perfect ploy. So much of this is 
stuff they don't have to they don't even have to cover up they just have to 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 not bring it up and again who's gonna who's gonna really realize how many men right now are having fertility issues and it's an increasing amount and how many men are having fertility issues and gonna go that can trace it down do you know what i mean there's no point where you can have a fertility issue now and you can go oh it might have been when i took those antibiotics or it might have been when i had my tb vaccine now both of those could be they could be factually the sole reason why you're sterile it could have been an infection it could have been anything you there's any solo point in your life could have been when you started a dysregulation in your system that i mentioned again to my brother earlier the body is extremely fragile extremely fragile and naturally we're not meant to be exposed to all this stuff we're not meant to be exposed to dozens of vaccines when we're first born. We're not meant to be exposed to nanoparticles in the millions in plastic, in water. We're not meant to be exposed to fluoride in the tap water, which has been shown to destroy and calcify the pineal gland and cause a lot of damage to your body. You know, so many dentists talk about, oh, fluoride on your toothpaste protects teeth. Here's a fact. Countries that use the most fluoride have the worst dental health. And countries that don't use fluorides have the best dental health. So Africa, for example, Africa, a lot of African uh, uh, locales do not use fluoride in their drinking water, but they also have better health than a lot of the Western countries that fluoridate their water. So that doesn't hold water, but what fluoride does do is it's a neurotoxin. So it can affect your brain. And again, it did make me laugh this week. Because I said to my dad for the longest time, uh, you know, I said, oh, dad, have you, I know you've never looked into contrails and things like that, but there's loads of evidence and there's been loads of um, top classified documents that have been unclassified. Um, one of which was MK Ultra, Operation MK Ultra from the 70s, that showed that the governments, and again, that's a fact. So I, I always find it difficult when you, when you talk like this that people might go, oh, I don't believe that. It's not up for the belief if you believe in Op- Operation Northwoods I mentioned earlier and MK Ultra because they're fact now, they're history. They're, 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 they've come out. Uh, they are what they are. They're not up for dispute anymore. MK Ultra showed that the uh, governments in several countries were dropping chemicals over unsuspecting towns and cities to see what the effect of those chemicals were and back in the day they dropped lsd over certain american towns and obviously if you've never used a a, a hallucinogen and you didn't realize what was happening to you when the world started falling to pieces and colors started inverting and you were having heavy hallucinations there are people that killed themselves, they are children that were mentally permanently scarred because the government wanted to test what LSD would do on a population. And again, what happened with that? When it came out and it was declassified and it's found out, nothing happened with that. Because who's there to challenge the government? You can't use a government against the government. And they've got the power, they've got the army, they've got the courts, they've got the police. Who do you go to to challenge them? No one. And of course they know that. They're not... The, the the idea that you'll find this stuff out, they they what they don't really like it because it's going to increase resistance, and you're going to tell your friends and tell your family, they're going to tell their friends and tell their family, and overall it puts a real dampener on their plans. But whether you find out or not, they know most people won't believe you, and that's not because you're not telling the truth. That's because 
Most people don't do any reading. Most people don't do any research. Most people don't care. They don't care about history and they don't care about our freedom and they don't care about all this stuff. They don't care about it. They care about who's on Love Island tonight. They care about Britain's Got Talent. They care about what takeaway they're having for dinner. They care about what they saw on Facebook and they care about Instagram and how many likes they've got. But they don't care about anything else. And again, if you do care and you let people know, as is almost your duty, people look at you like you're a leper. And they're like, oh, here we go, here we go. And of course, as we've said before, there are government agencies like the government's 77th Brigade that go on social media now, and again, Google the 77th Brigade, that go on social media and their job is to, they say their job is to combat misinformation in a modern technological world what that translates to in real life is they go on facebook and they go on twitter they use algorithms so when you say the word vaccines they can see all the posts that say the word vaccines and they jump on your post and they say look at this idiot look at his profile pictures look at his bio like you know and they they take the mick out of you so anyone who reads your comment goes (laughs) conspiracy theory so they put a little gif up of a tin foil hat and the 77th have been caught so many times and i've caught a dozen of them myself and i've you know i've, I've, I've flagged it up in previous podcasts they're, they're always the same um for example one a little while ago they'd been on twitter a week and in that week they had done forty-five thousand posts Forty-five thousand posts in a week can you imagine doing forty-five thousand comments in a week no followers, not following anyone, no profile picture, no nothing. And yet when I went on their profile, the only comments they ever commented on were anytime someone said the word vaccine. And it was, it was never, I'm, I had my vaccine today, I'm really happy. None of that. It was people saying, I'm not sure about this vaccine. And then they'd pop on, oh, conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hat. Oh, my neighbour had the vaccine and they've passed away. Oh, here we go. You're one of them. So there are, and again, factual, 77th Brigade, have a Google. There are agents on social media now, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all these places that are there to find people who are spreading the truth and shut them down. And shame on them. There's another one as well. I said, I mentioned last week, I still don't know what they're called. They're J-Trig or something to that. It's a, a, um analogy for them, but they're another horrendous group but russia has them china has their own ones every country right now has a a government army social media team that's there to fight these wrongdoings but what are you going to do i guess apart from call them out when you see them i think there should be a database for them personally um cracking on we're go on chris you you got something you got something loaded no no i was just (laughs) It's just fascinating. I I love how you just you know just broke it down. Like you know, it is the governments that are doing it, and who's going to challenge the governments? No one's bigger than the government. Exactly. And, and uh, actually, I, I post it on our group, but this is one in. Uh, we normally do headlines of the week, just so you guys can quickly hear some of the stuff you haven't heard and our take on the things that you have. Again, because many news sites now, because they're so about freedom of speech and 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 all that kind of stuff, they shut down all their comments. So all the news sites, you go on the BBC, The Guardian, most of the time their comments are closed. Most government YouTube videos, their comments are closed. They don't want you commenting. They don't want you talking about this stuff. 
So we like to bring it up and we let you know what we feel about it and what you're not allowed to hear about it. So we're going to try and stuff all that. But as Chris said, the BBC this week, right to challenge the government in courts has been overhauled. So they've made it legal now that you can no longer challenge your government in the UK about anything. And they said that this is because they need to free up judges for more important matters. More important matters than government corruption and whistleblowing and illegal activity. It's nonsense, isn't it? This is exactly what Jesus did. He called them out at the time. Yeah. He called them out at the time and uh, it's the same thing. It's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, 100%. Um, As I mentioned earlier about uh, the the spraying, um, and again, there is evidence that the spraying of chemicals over towns and cities never ever stopped and what you need to do you need to go on to google and you need to look at contrails what contrails are they tiny bits of ice that are in jet exhaust or up high jet exhaust moisture turns into ice and those ice crystals break down and what you'll see if you look up high you'll you'll see one of two things if you're seeing a genuine contrail you will see a plane followed by normally about an inch or a two inch long contrail a small trail of white vapour behind it. If you see a chemtrail, so this is a plane and these have been tracked and you can do it yourself on Skyscanner. They're never listed ever on Skyscanner, the app. There are military white planes flying above us that don't do contrails, they do chemtrails. So they're dropping something out of the planes that stays in the atmosphere and it doesn't disappear and it spreads out over hours and it gets bigger and it grows and it grows and before you know it the sunny day is a gray and hazy gunky mess and i've been saying this for years and i said this to my dad they are doing it under the guise of weather modification so officially it's called geoengineering and it has been happening since at least as far as we can tell the 1970s and he said, no, nope, they don't do that. There's no such thing. There's no point to it. Even though it's been gone, even though it's gone to court and they've proven geoengineering is happening in real. And what you can do, if you go to non-NATO countries, so for example, I go to normally Turkey once a year. And in Turkey, no contrails whatsoever, no chemtrails, sorry, whatsoever, only contrails. Hundreds of flights flying over the, 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 the town every year. Um, Nathan goes to a certain part of Spain. And if you go to the Spanish mainland, you'll get chemtrails. If you go out to the part that Nathan goes to, which is a place called La Palma, there's no chemtrails there um, because they don't do it. They do it over big population densities, town centres. They do it over my own town centre here. Anyway, Nathan sent us a, a document uh, just the other day, a headline from futurism.com. Um, China is rolling out an enormous weather modification system. Um, And the weather modification system is they're going to be spraying certain chemicals and certain metal micro uh, pieces from plane exhaust. Experts say it could spore conflict with neighbouring countries. Um, China's saying that they're going to use it to modify the weather, to put droughts in certain places, remove it in others. And again, they've done this in the Beijing Olympics, where it was meant to be a rainy, thundery day at the Beijing Olympics, and they seeded the clouds with um, salt and some other chemical, and it got rid of the clouds. But the danger of this, you might go, well, that doesn't sound too bad. The danger is when a place, say a country, Say a village in maybe a, in Africa or India is going through a drought where they really need rain, they really need water for crops. It could be planned to rain. The, 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 
it could rain, but then certain plains over there could stop it from raining. So that drought continues and the food will not grow because there's no water. It could cause flooding in areas because they incessantly do it. And we saw this in Texas recently where the snow fell and people were picking the snow up and they were burning it and it wouldn't burn and they were putting it in microwaves and it wouldn't melt and it was turning black when you burnt it. And uh, there were people who popped up and said, oh, that's sublination. It's because the, uh, it is melting, but the, the uh, what would you call it? The water is evaporating into gas so quickly you don't even see it. But that doesn't happen when you put it in a microwave and there's no reason that when you burn snow it would burn and go black. And people were doing videos where they were burning it. You were seeing it burning jet black and it's, they were saying it stinks of plastic. It stinks of plastic. Um, and again, the, uh, the Australian wildfires we saw, all the, um, the firefighters said there is massive amounts of aluminium that's on all the, on all the trees, all the brush, all the stuff that isn't hasn't been there and aluminium is something that they really have been dropping for the sky for a long time if you look at the explosion in um alzheimer's and if you look at alzheimer's again is another thing that has shot up massively in the past couple of decades massive massive increase if you look at the cause of alzheimer's it's aluminium plaques forming in your brain and no one wants to ask how those aluminium plaques are getting in your brain, why they're getting in there and why they're in there in such numbers and why, why Alzheimer's has just exploded. No one seems to know that. Could be something to do with the weather, weather modification. Of course, if they ever get caught, what are they going to say? And Bill Gates has already said this, by the way. This is interesting. Sorry, I'm on a roll here. Bill Gates said in a, 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 an article just recently and and have a google of this please have a google of this if you don't believe me bill gates is going to be dropping micro metals into the upper atmosphere to block out the sun and to help the world effectively combat climate change and please if you don't believe me don't go oh nutcase please google bill gates blocking out the sun because he is it's all over the mainstream press and again, what they're going to do is when they get caught doing this, and they have been caught doing it now, unfortunately, it's been, they've been getting a lot of attention on it and they've tried to cover it up for the longest time. It's now going to be, look, we need to, it's, it's about global warming. We need to stop global warming. We need to reflect the sun, you know, even though we've had some of the coldest winters and coldest summers in, since records began in the most recent years. We're definitely getting, uh, definitely getting hotter as we go. Absolute nonsense. So, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, oh, I did mention this earlier, I think, but one more time before we go. Um, holidays abroad will be officially illegal for Brits from Monday. I got this today. Uh, so today is, let's see what today is. Uh, Tuesday, the 23rd of March, um, 2021. So holidays abroad will be officially illegal for Brits from Monday. I presume that's next week with a £5,000 fine, and this is this really piqued my interest, the, the verbiage used here, for escaping the country. Their own words in the Sun newspaper wow. for escaping the country. So if you try and escape, you will be fined. So it's not holidays abroad will officially be made illegal from Monday with a £5,000 fine for holiday goers would-be getawayers, 
what, what any phrase you wanting to use it you know people looking to holiday people looking to soak up sun you know wanderlusters travelers you know holiday makers anything anything at all globe trotters escapers for people trying to escape don't try and escape what's going on prisoners prisoners yeah you can you know you only escape from a situation you don't want to be in so it makes you laugh isn't it there that's almost like a a flaunting headline if you try and escape we will charge you five thousand pounds don't try and get out of this um u.s health officials question the astrazeneca vaccine trial results federal health officials said that the encouraging results about AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine may have been based on outdated and incomplete information about the vaccine's effectiveness. And that, that basically detailed how uh, AstraZeneca and Oxford had hidden some important information, had only give half information and, and basically told the prons, pros and none of the cons about it to uh, only feed you the good but hide the bad. You saw that coming. That's on Newsbreak if you want to read that up. Um, the no jab, no job for care workers is a start. This just made me angry. The no job, no jab for care workers is a start, but the government needs to go even further. This is from The Independent, and a quote from it said, if trials prove they were safe, I would gladly vaccinate every child enough, every child old enough to receive it as a condition of receiving a state education. Gross, absolutely gross. Again, wow. as, as as we mentioned before, the, the the vaccines are a very elaborate cover for bringing in a social credit system where you do what you're told and you do what is state approved or you cease to exist and you do not live a life that anyone wants to live. So if you don't do what you're told, you won't travel, your kids might not go to school, you won't get priority health care, you might not be able to drive, able to fly, to use public transport. And again, the vaccines are just getting you ready for that. They're saying if you don't have a vaccine, you might not fly, you might not work, you might not travel, you might not do this. And again, they're going to bring this system in. And when the pandemic, pandemic is officially over, do you think they're going to roll these back? Do you think they're going to put billions of money into a, a national virtual ID system, which is the Common Pass I've mentioned before, called Common Pass, Google it, as part of the Trust Network, Common Pass, digital passports. That's what's coming out right now. Do you think they're going to get everyone onto that system, get you a whole virtual profile, put billions and billions into this, and when the pandemic's over, they're going to go, you don't need to use it anymore. Go back to your old paper passport. Of course not. It's about getting you onto the digital system and then you being stuck on that system where you can't do anything without them knowing about it. You can't go anywhere without their say-so. And if you say certain things or do certain things that they don't agree with, they're like, oh, sorry. Just like China, white-listed and blacklisted. If you say certain things about your government or anything else, you're blacklisted from flying. We'll talk about this more next week, but... Uh, President Biden falling up the stairs three times. Did you see it? Oh. <laughs> Christ, man. I loved it. I see. And he did that little salute at the end. Oh. Like he was, uh, you know, some, I'm some looking, soldier. I'm looking forward to it because there's been so much CGI with Biden. Did you see the one with his hand going yes. through the microphones? The microphones. Yeah, that, that was weird. He's, he's, he's obviously, I don't know what's going on there, but they're using CGI with Biden a lot in news. And I can't understand why 
I can't understand it. There was one, a video, a deep fake one as well. He, was, he had the interview and um, you can blatantly see that it wasn't him. It was You could see from the neck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw one with Fauci as well yes. where you saw a black yes. space on his neck. Yeah. And it, obviously he had his head superimposed and you could tell because his shoulders didn't move. His head was moving all over the place. His shoulders didn't move. He was nodding. He was shaking <laughs> his head. But the shoulders were static the whole time. Yes. And it was so artificial, unreal. We'll definitely cover that next week. And um, I mentioned uh, in a previous episode that flu has completely disappeared. And again, if you don't believe that, Google it. There has not been a single reported case of flu since this since uh, 2021. Three months, not a single case of flu in the whole UK. So COVID-19 can apparently cure flu. Don't say it's a mask and the lockdown because COVID is apparently still flying up. So COVID can spread, but flu can't. Mm. And I said flu will come back. And I also mentioned that when we're all pathogenically primed, a new version of flu or COVID will pop up and that will wipe everyone out. And this from the sun today, a third COVID wave will engulf the UK in July as we unlock and coronavirus infects the unvaccinated, experts warn. So they're already getting you prepped in your mind to say there is going to be a big wave. There's going to be an engulfing fire that's going to rip and roar through the through the populace, and you need to be ready for that. Um, yeah, again, we'll we'll pick up more on that next week because it's every week there's a new variant, every week there's a new terror, um, and again, as we've said so many times, they're not doing it to sell papers. They're doing it to condition you, to get your mind ready to accept. So when it happens, you go, I knew this was going to happen, but you don't know how you knew it was going to happen. It's because they told you it was going to happen. Apparently there's a UK variant around the world. Oh, of course there is. It's probably lazy and doesn't work and has bad teeth and God knows whatever <laughs> stereotype they want to pin on us. <laughs> but I think that's uh, probably us wrapped up for the week. Um, yeah, as always, thank you so much for checking in. Uh, it's it's wonderful to be able to be so, um, I don't know what the word, to have the platform to be able to push back and fight back against this is a genuine pleasure. And there's so many people that would probably love to do this and be so good at it, they just don't have the, the finances to fund the equipment and the, the back end and the technology and the know-how. So to have all that come together, it's really, really wonderful. Um, and yeah, what do you think? Any closing thoughts? Yeah, final thought would be, if coronavirus can be spread by a sneeze, then there's no need to stick a swab with um, ethylene oxide all the way up your brain. Nailed it. Literally nailed it. A, a sneeze or a cough. Do you know what I mean? A sneeze it's, or a cough. Yeah. I just say just cough onto this and if you're infected. But there you go. Awesome. So, yeah, guys, try and um, if you can avoid it and, and, and really try and avoid it, Again, they're, they're insinuating that you won't be able to do things, that you won't be able to do this, that, and the other, work, travel, all these things. But they're not saying you can't. They're just insinuating because they hope that if they say you might not be able to travel, you'll go and get your vaccine. But they haven't said you cannot travel without it yet. So don't go off insinuations and media attempts to push you into getting it. Uh, we'll be back same time next week, full of lots of lovely stories. But until then, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Take care.